Here we go. I'm not ready. <laughs> like, are we going to talk about this or we're we just going to go? The Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. This is episode 259. This week, we have a new cast member. Politicians hate politicking. Consolation prize for Buckhead. Crossover recap. And a show update. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner's endeavor, writer, journalist, dog mom, and owner of the GeorgiaVirtue.com, Jessica Salagi. And coming in from the minors being called up to the major league, we have former guest, new cast member, Ken Pullen. He uh, lives down in Pike County, went down for me, up, up for, for Jessica. I've been married for 20 years. Uh, you know you get less time for manslaughter. Two kids. The oldest, Luke, is about to start costing him a lot of money. Uh, just got accepted to Belmont Abbey College. And his daughter, Libby, who's 15 and about to end... You're going to have two kids in college at one time. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, very expensive. And driving. (laughs) (laughs) You just just look at at that insurance bill and just cry? (laughs) Yes, every day. (laughs) And of course, you are a a representative emeritus. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Back in 2019 and 20. Yeah, thanks, Dave and Jessica, for having me on. We're excited. Well, you're not just on. (laughs) <laughs> you're 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 neck deep and in, in, uh, into the into the doo doo now. Yeah, well, I always heard being on a podcast is uh, you can make a lot of money and be, become famous. So I'm very excited for this opportunity. Life changing. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> by the way. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah. That 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 extra money that you had every month to play golf it now goes into the podcast. <laughs> That's funny. And you and you travel a good good bit too. Yeah, we do. We like to travel to national parks around the, the U.S. And last summer we got to travel to Italy, which the, I think the family wants to go back again this summer. They we loved it over there. It's very nice. People were super, and food was amazing. Well, that's how I judge any place is by the food and and the, honestly the food and the fishing. Well, I'm looking forward to recording the, the, one of these episodes on your fishing boat. So let me know when. I haven't seen my. I, I I I paid to store it. I paid to have it detailed, but I haven't seen the damn thing in two years. <laughs> All right, so we have a a. <laughs> this is a house resolution that got dropped, that would inc- that would authorize a uh, state constitutional amendment that would go obviously by, by uh, a referendum. To the to the voters to increase the assembly time for for representatives and senators from two to four years. Yeah, I guess to slow down the always campaigning cycle. I would. Uh, I don't think this had any co-sponsors. <laughs> I think somebody <laughs> sat there alone on this one. I'm surprised more representatives weren't for this. So uh, it's it's tough. They. You know, campaigning every two years, you get out of one session and most of the representatives will leave in April and they're really starting to campaign again for the next year. So I, I'm surprised it didn't have more support, especially from well, senators. What's interesting to me is that her her explanation was that voter fatigue is the main reason many people don't go to the polls during big elections and it's exasperated in special elections for seats that are vacated in the middle of the term. Um Two things on that. One, we continue to have record-breaking voter turnout, so I'm not sure there's fatigue in that sense. Second, when I, I agree that there are problems with special elections, but I feel like if you can't get people to stay for a whole two-year term, making them try to stay for four <laughs> might be a little bit more difficult because you're going to have more special elections. Like If someone gets offered a job or appointed to something within a four-year term, then you're they're definitely not yeah, going to stick it out. Move, 
Vernon Jones. Um, yeah, very true. Most representatives raise all their money running for office. So maybe that's one of the reasons too. So if you did it four years, you couldn't raise as much, potentially not raise as much money as every two years. So that, that probably plays I, into this. I wouldn't mind the Senate going to four years to have some differentiation because we, we don't have, we, we don't truly have a Senate. We have two houses of representatives. One's, one's districts are just larger than the others. Yeah. Uh, and we have the same thing in, 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 in Congress. I mean, we, we don't, we don't have the state representation in, in the Senate anymore. True election reform is not allowing elected officials or people who are running for office to raise any money or spend yeah, any yes. money. Just make them like use Facebook and the phone and go door knocking. Uh, Ken, how much door knocking did you do? We knocked, we knocked doors for a year, honestly. I was running against an incumbent chairman that had unlimited funds. So our, the big part of our campaign was door knocking. And Johnny Caldwell, guys, right? Yeah, it was Johnny Caldwell. So he was an established uh, DA, Superior Court judge, state representative, had all the name recognition in the world. So I spent at least 12 to 18 months taking my two little kids out, my wife out, and knocking on doors. So oh, that you, was our, you used yeah. him as props. Well, <laughs> <laughs> guilty, guilty as charged. But, but honestly, you can win a state representative race. That's what's good about the, the state house districts by having that. If you start early enough and you knock enough doors, you can win. Now, you don't have to have $100,000 to win a state house race. You yeah, do and, have to and have I've heard the Senate. Yeah, Senate, oh, yeah. definitely. Yep. Uh, I've heard the argument to even even with with congressmen to uh, bump them from two to four years because you just can't get anything done in two years. But the as much as Great. I hate the constant election cycle, it is what keeps our representatives tied to us. They have to come and and, and earn that vote every two years. Mm-hmm. What <clears throat> what four years does, in my opinion, is it allows these these uh, reps to bury stupid legislation. Is the stupid stuff you want to pass, you pass year one. By the time three more years go by, that's old news. The hell, they do, they do it now. Because by the time the next election cycle comes up, it's it's forgotten. Yeah, I'd love to see some reform, too, in the House. You speak of stupid legislation. There's, you know, there'll be a thousand bills introduced uh, within these two years. There's probably already, Jessica, what, five or six hundred bills introduced. Mm-hmm. I would love to see some type of process where every bill got a committee hearing and i think it would cut down a lot on on bills being introduced these stupid bills because come in front of the committee if your bill gets voted down or or doesn't get a second to actually have a vote that's gonna be pretty embarrassing for a lot of the representatives so i'd love to see a process where committees met more at the at the georgia house and your legislation you had to go in front of people and defend it versus just putting legislation in that you you know, is not going anywhere, but you're just doing it to, uh, you know, for a campaign publicity stunt. I'd also like oh, yeah. to see them have to pre-file the bills. Like once, other than the budget, nothing can be filed after the legislature convenes. Like you get that three-week, four-week period from December or if you open a whole thing up from December to the second week in January, whatever. Um, I agree. But I don't think once the legislature convenes, like – you can't take money and you can't file new bills. And that would also slow down the process because it's like once they start getting together, they come up with these terrible ideas and it's just awful. Yeah. There's a lot of bills introduced over uh, dinner at night. And one of the things I saw that I thought you guys would like is there's a bipartisan effort to ban booting. I don't know if you saw this come out. This I week, did but see that. Yeah, one of my friends, Senator Josh McLaren, is a big proponent of that. He's on the Democrat side, but I was at dinner a couple of years ago at a steakhouse in Atlanta, and a chairman, a Republican chairman, got his truck booted. And I honestly thought that year there would be legislation dropped that would move forward with uh, with disallowing that booting practice, which I think they need to do. I don't think anybody should be able to stop you from being able to travel in the state of Georgia, a private company. So I, I'm a big proponent of that, and I hope Josh and team get it done. It'll yeah, that, interesting. Uh, 
don't touch my truck. No. If you want to, if you want to stick a, a ticket under the windshield, fine. Don't touch my truck. Yep, yeah, exactly. So, sorry, Buckhead. No city for you. But you could have a state patrol office. Yeah, we were talking before the show started about how there's been a kind of a, a shift in allowing things to go to the floor and then fail. And the city of Buckhead bill was one of them um, that Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones let hit the floor, go for a vote and crash and burn. And there were some Fulton County legislators that Republicans like John Albers and um, I can't think, I'm not, I think he's probably the only one up there that was a Republican, but they voted against it, which is also interesting. Yeah, that like, bill didn't I'll, die. It was assassinated. It was. And I like the style of the Lieutenant governor so far. He's allowing more bills to come to the floor and, and have up and down votes. So uh, I, I like his style so far. I don't know where this is coming from. It's definitely not the process in the House, uh, especially up under the former Speaker. And we don't know how Speaker Burns is going to carry on with business. But typically in the House, you don't get a floor vote unless you know it's going to pass. And Lieutenant Governor Jones is allowing a more open process in the Senate, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we need to be able to see where our representatives and where our senators stand. And the only way you see that is up or down vote. Or in, a, in the case of, of many is no votes like Vernon Jones. But as a consolation prize. Yeah. They, they're going to get a state. <laughs> go ahead. No. Yeah. They're putting a $1.25 million state patrol post in Buckhead for presence. And it, this was from the house's, like they said, they were going to put it in the budget from the house side and, um, Speaker Burns said that, you know, this will improve the ability for troopers to respond to incidents on the northern perimeter. Like he the the statement was so politically correct about, well, we're not trying to override the cops or or take over their territory because truthfully they can't because that's not what like troopers don't respond to domestics. They don't respond to they 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 run traffic and they respond to crashes. That is their their job. Like we're already making them do things that their job descriptions don't entail. Um, so it's like politically correct, but also a power move at the same time, which is the worst kind of thing to do. But here we are. Well, it's not like the city is giving them a, a another station. It, it, I don't know that this is going to do anything to curb crime that's, that's in Buckhead uh, at all. I mean... For yeah, a I don't lot. Think, I don't yeah, I don't think this is a move to curb crime in Buckhead. It's like Jessica said, uh, state patrol monitors in response to traffic incidents. So I don't know how this helps with crime in Buckhead. Well, they're tax collectors. Well, and what people people don't really know about trooper like a post is that most posts are understaffed for what they've been allocated, but sometimes there's like four or five troopers assigned to that post. And that's not per shift. That's just in general. So, I mean, yeah, you'll have a presence there, but it's not like all of a sudden in Buckhead there's going to be 20 troopers around the clock just swarming the area for this increased presence. That's just simply not. Yes, there'll be no troopers walking around Lenox Mall uh, during the day monitoring (laughs) people coming in and out. Smashing rats. I know they say the most dangerous time when you go to Lenox Mall is not going in, but coming out with the merchandise you bought. So you've got to have your head on a swivel coming out of Lenox Mall. So this will definitely not help with that. Oh, now they want to disarm you at, at, at Lenox Mall. But yeah, <laughs> these troopers aren't going to be driving around Buckhead. They're going to be hitting the highways. It's almost like they're, it's, you know, highway patrol. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's... <clears throat> Ah, it, it would have been, I, I've, if city of Atlanta said, look, stay, stay, stay in the city. We'll give, we'll, we'll give you an, another zone precinct, uh, and, and, or add staff or do whatever. And Jessica, to your point, we already have a bunch of, a bunch of stations that aren't fully staffed. I mean, where, where are you going to find these, uh, these troopers? Yeah. Yeah. And I think well, the, good. The, yeah. The most interesting thing real quick, Dave, on the, on the Buckhead, that stuff is uh, Lieutenant Burt Jones really wanted, you know, he was a big proponent that the split before. So he allowed this to come up for a vote. And then we saw Governor Kemp's staff 
come out really hard against it. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that relationship evolves over the next four years. But I appreciate yeah. that people weren't like browbeaten into voting for this like they would have under previous administrations. <laughs> and this is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions, not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may own, work, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over the georgiavirtue.com. Ken, on, on your list of stories, you got the Mule of the Week. <laughs> I do. I, look, my Mule of the Week is uh, First Lady Jill Biden. Look, we had the 17th Annual International Women or We had the International Women's Day last week. She awarded the International Woman of Courage Award to a man in the White House. So she's definitely, to me, my Mule of the Week uh. award. I, I just... I. There's so many women in the United States and worldwide that do so many great things. And to award that to a, to a man just really sits wrong with me. Well, men are better at everything, including being women. Uh, it, didn't Leah Thompson, uh, Thompson or Thomas, the dude who's swimming against, didn't, uh, isn't he up for like college a- athlete of the year or something? Yeah, uh, so I don't know if you saw, but Hershey's Candy Bar also for mm-hmm. their Women of the Month, they put a man on the front of a Hershey's Candy Bar. So I, I don't know why I, we're at this point, honestly. Have, have you seen what Jeremy's did? Yes, we've got Jeremy's chocolates now. Yes, I didn't see that. Yeah, hymns with nuts and hers without. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and. Uh, people don't know Jeremy's. He uh, he came up. He, he started a razor company, and he, this goes back. He, he's he's been around in, in, in conservative circles for libertarian circles for a long time. But when Gillette and other other folks were coming out, he he started Jeremy's Razors, and uh, uh, I mean the, the the commercial he put out on Facebook was fantastic. Where he says these other companies hate you. Well, I can't say I love you. I don't mean you any specific harm. I mean, the, the the dude's great. His, his commercials, you know, hot women and flamethrowers and stuff like that on his razors. It's it's fantastic. No, he's wow. uh, he's almost every time there's a uh, a woke company comes out and and goes woke, he does the opposite. So he's it's, it'll be interesting to see what the next item is that he uh, that he puts out in the marketplace. Yeah, his line of "Don't give them money, give it to me." I mean, people are tired of it. People are tired of. Yeah. Uh, Not him, but they're tired of the, the other. They're of just pretending that this is. You're right. And yeah, they're over it. So they want a Jeremy's. Yeah, they did. I don't know if y'all saw what Governor DeSantis in Florida this week was actually, there's, he was reading some books and showing the media some books that are being banned in Florida. And the media had to cut away when he started actually opening up the books, showing the content uh, of things that actually he was being banned, uh, you know, from Florida schools this year. So I, I think people are getting tired of it. I think they're opening up saying we shouldn't be showing some of this content to six, seven, eight year olds mm-hmm. uh, while they're so impressionable. So, it was very interesting that the media and TV can't show books that are being shown in Florida schools or being, you know, in Florida libraries. Did you see Blinken flinch when that dude went to kiss him? <laughs> I missed that so one. It, it was the ceremony and this dude address comes up. I think he's from Argentina or something like that. And, you know, he's built like a linebacker. And it uh, goes in and uh, gives a hug and a kiss to Jill Biden. I'm sorry, Dr. Jill Biden. And then uh, Blinken puts his hand out, and he goes up and kisses Blink. I mean, and he and he's visibly uncomfortable. Nice. So I mean, that, that that it was. I mean, that, that's awesome. All, I mean, it's it's all it's almost a, a the the next version of get, uh, of who's coming to dinner is is going to be somebody coming home with with a dude in a dress, <laughs> with heels on. With heels on, yeah. He's now 6'7 and, and can <laughs> palm a basketball. He's <laughs> a beautiful woman. <laughs> All right. So among the crossover day chaos, 
We have what did pass. So Republicans lead the way for uh, uh, handouts for pregnant women, Jessica. Yeah, this is another bill. Well, you know, in what was it now, four years ago when they passed the heartbeat bill, there was so much criticism about, well, you don't support pregnant women. You don't do this. You don't do that. And so I feel like they've been overcompensating for the last couple years to the extent that they are literally providing handouts and cash assistance to people. But they've added um, at the request of Kemp and the Republican leadership, they've added pregnant women to the list of people who can qualify for TANF benefits um, because currently you've got to wait until the baby's born. So we're giving them preemptive, I guess, to, to make sure that they can get enough food as pregnant women. It's it's almost it's almost like this should be taken care of a charity, by a charity. Mm-hmm. Kid, is. I know you're a huge fan. You're you're a huge fan of government handouts. Well, I mean, I think you just look at the budget overall, and we've got a record thirty two billion dollar budget this year. There's handouts galore in that budget. Two of the only people I saw speak out against it was uh, Senator Colton Moore and Representative Charlize Bird. So. That budget has got handouts galore in it. I'm not surprised by this. Like Jessica said, part of the heartbeat bill that was passed a few years ago was the emphasis was to say that the unborn baby was a citizen. You could declare the unborn baby on your taxes. So I think this is another path for Governor Kemp to to continue uh, legitimizing or not legitimizing, but giving more uh, you know money and funds uh, to the women that are pregnant. Uh, as they move through that process. It never works. When Republicans out try to out-benefit Democrats, it doesn't work. It's ne- You never get a pat on the back from the Democrats. You never get a, wow, thank you, that was the right thing to do from, no. That, that's that's never the case. It's always not enough. It's, it's Republicans cannot outspend Democrats to get Democrat votes. No, but we're, we're trying it at a state level. <laughs> we, we sure are. And also, everybody knows at this point that Kemp's not going to just go retire from politics after his run at the governor's office. You know, he's probably going to seek higher office, probably going to run for Senate. And what greater way than to say, I gave cash to pregnant women? Well, that's what I'm saying. It, it doesn't work. You're not going to out lefty pajama boy. You're just no. not. No, you're right. The uh, teachers, the state employees, uh, they're, they're going to get a lot of handouts over the next four years. Like Jessica said, Governor Kemp is on the pathway for uh, a Senate run. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Jones is on the, the pathway to being the next governor. So both of those guys will they will find plenty of giveaways to people over the next four years in Georgia. With our money. Yeah, and... Yeah, what a, what a wonderful time to be alive, huh? You know, it used to be a struggle against it's against uh, right and left, and the right saying, you know, this all this this is a private uh, private problem. This is not a role of government to just struggling over how much to give away. It's it's like they're afraid to to say no. And look, Jesse Ventura is a nutcase, but he did say something when he was running for governor, and this is back in the nineties. Uh, where a woman asked him about some problem that she was having, and he, I mean, right in front of the camera said, ma'am, I'm sorry to hear about your situation, but that's not a government problem. More people need to hear that. Yeah, but the, uh, but the problem that the libertarians have is they get represented by people like McAfee and and Jesse the Body <laughs> Ventura. Yeah. We, we need more Shane Hazels in the world and a lot, a lot fewer uh, Jesse Venturas. Yeah, Shane, Spike Cohen's of the world would be really good leaders. Yep, I agree. Yeah, and the people that go on Kennedy, uh, she used to do a show called The Outsiders. With it was just mostly libertarians that that had, and it didn't have a wide appeal. Uh, and I think her her primetime show gets gets a lot more views. But it was just The Outsiders, and it was it was a group of libertarians that that kind of had a roundtable about yeah, the Republicans suck. This is why the Democrats suck. This is why. All right, so 
we get a Georgia Senate passes the Zuckerbucks ban. Yep. Elections, always elections, right? So um, they want to prohibit gifts and third parties from helping elections offices, election officials. Um, of course, the cap is at $200. Like it has, you could still donate $199 just like whatever. But um, they want to make sure that it's public funds only that cover the cost of administrating or administering our elections. Um, and it'd be a felony if they don't. And it doesn't apply to voting locations. Like gifts can be locations and whatever. This came from South Georgia too by Senator Max Burns, who represents like Sylvania up towards Augusta. So you're welcome, folks. You're welcome. <laughs> who who's donating to I mean if you get involved in the election process, you vote you you give to a candidate, you give to a cause or uh to to a lobbying group, but who the hell is giving to the to election boards? I would never yeah, I've never thought about giving to a local election board. Uh, no, I think it's nice if somebody, if, if they're working a long day and as talk, talking about presents, somebody wanted to donate a bunch of bunch of pizzas while they're doing a doing an audit or just hell while they're while they're working election day and lines around the corner and you don't you don't you know you want the workers to stay as long as they can buy on pizzas or whatever. No problem with that. Yeah, you know, but I don't. Sort of on this topic about election reform, there there was a good bill. I think it was by uh, Representative Gullett up in your area, Dave, that would allow municipalities to actually implement instant or ranked choice voting or instant voter runoff. I mean, if we want to help out local uh, election boards not work as much, pass that bill and allow us to, to eliminate some of these runoffs in the state of Georgia, which I think it was 56 or 58 percent of Georgians would prefer we get rid of runoffs. So that would have been a, a very good way to actually give people a break at the local, give voters a break and give local election office workers a break. But instead, we, we pass a bill like this. Uh, so I'm a big fan of Gullet's bill, and I think we need that in the state of Georgia, and I think there's a push for that. Currently, it just can't get over the finish line. There, there are people that are, that are adamantly opposed to that bill. Secretary of State's office. Yes. Sorry. Well, I, I don't much care what what uh, Cliff from Cheers likes or doesn't like, um, but there there's even from the citizens out here pushing back against the bill, saying that's 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 a plurality. People get get elected without having a majority of vote, majority vote, and especially in primaries, the best way to do that is take all state funds out of primary elections, let the parties put put on their own elections, and watch how they start saving money. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think each of the Republican Democrat party, I don't want to pay my tax dollars shouldn't go to pick a Democrat candidate. Democrat candidates are Democrat taxpayers. Their dollars should be spent with Republicans nominating their representatives or their their choices to go on a November ballot. I think that's a good way to get we we should move towards more of a caucus style election uh, for Democrats and Republicans and deal away with that and it would save the state millions of dollars. But I don't well, know even yeah, go ahead. Even the upcoming election, we're going to have a primary for president and then go and have a primary for our other elected officials. And then, in, in many areas, go to a runoff. So the election, uh, election folks that, that work these polls are going to be working from January through July. And then again in September when polls start opening up for early voting for the, for the November yeah, it's going to be nonstop. Uh, and, and the, you know, the instant voter runoff or the voter runoff that Gullet introduced would have been good at a municipal level to try the concept out. So we're not talking about implementing it at a state level yet. Let's do it at the local levels. Let's see how it works out. And if it works out, let's continue expanding up to the state level. So I was I was a big fan of that. Kind of disappointed didn't get through this this session. And I, I really want to see, especially with the Libertarian Party, this, first of all, the, the myth that Libertarians only pull from Republican votes. So what we would see with ranked choice voting is uh, a bunch of people voting for Shane Hazel, for, for example, and then where do those votes go? To which side do they go in, in, the, in the ranked choice? 
And we, we don't see that with runoffs because you, you don't have a one-to-one comparison as, as to who showed up for the, for the, for the, uh, uh, for the election, who showed up for the runoff. We, you know, we, we have, we have no idea. As far yeah, as the parties doing their own selections, the Liber- Libertarian Party already does that for their for their primaries. They select who they're going to run. And people say we, you always need to have 50 plus one to win. We have turnout 25 percent a lot of time in, in primaries in the runoff. You've got a turnout of 10 to 12 percent. So the, run, the, the, the turnout's becoming so low that the 50 plus one is really – you've got to win 5% plus one. So I don't buy the argument that you should always have 50% plus one. I, I think we can get around that. Well, it puts a, it puts a focus on ground game. Who's knocking on the doors? Exactly. Who's getting their, who's getting their votes out? And look, I don't have a problem with low turnout. Uh, I, I would prefer people who have no idea what's going on to either skip the races they don't understand or don't know anything about if if you if if all you care about is who your congressperson is and, and who the president is, go and vote for those two and skip the rest. If you don't know what's going on, stay your ass home. You know what? I'll, I'll get a whole roll of the stickers and you can and you can put that on Facebook as long as you have the sticker. Everybody think everybody think you care. Hmm. All right, a bill a bill we've discussed earlier, or a few weeks ago. Allowing heavier trucks on Georgia Road pass by narrow margin. Yeah. I love when there's narrow margins because I'm like, oh, look, they are awake. Um, 93 to 81 on crossover. This is the one that all the local governments are against. It could obviously still die in the Senate, but. Um, hey, look, this is a what a, a 10,000 pound difference mm-hmm. on only Georgia roads, not, not, to, not to get on the interstate. And as we discussed before, it doesn't sound like this is a problem for long haul trucking. This is to get from the port of Savannah over to a, over to a railhead. And the argument against it is that it's going to damage all the roads, force bridges and high and projects to be have to be redone more frequently, um, and it's going to cost DOT a fortune. Well, didn't y'all have a garbage or a dumpster truck take out a bridge down there? That was on the interstate. Right. But still damaged a, a county road. But yeah, we got trouble with that. I, the, the extra 10,000 pounds, I, I, I don't know what the what the scientific stuff is, but but it did pass. And of Darlene Taylor had the quote of the week. What price are we willing to pay to carry a few more logs on a truck or a few more bales of cotton? Apparently, ten thousand pounds worth. <laughs> yeah, this had this had an interesting mix of yes and no votes. It's uh, this was not just a straight line vote. There were a lot of uh, Republicans that voted no, a lot of Republicans voted yes, and the same with Democrats. So it was a uh, this was a Tulsa vote. I think it broke out against rule against urban areas. And I think that's largely because of the lobbying power of GMA and ACCG. Um, yeah which once again is a reminder that they're lobbying entities, not organizations that are promoting good government in local and county entities. They are lobbyist member, dues paying members. Trash. Yes. Your, your tax dollars are, are paying for these people to lobby for your local counties. And it's not always things that are in your best interest. Huh? A lobbyist not out for my best interest? Imagine that. <laughs> it's wild. It is. So we have an $800,000 tax credit for renovations on aquariums. It's from, almost uh, super 23 specific. to 27. Yeah, super specific. <laughs> There's only one aquarium that's probably doing $800,000 in renovations. But, you know. what? First of all, what does $800,000 do for the Georgia Aquarium? I mean, I guess they're expanding. That's their plan. No, they hundred grand. They're not. Well, no, but they get eight hundred thousand dollars worth as a percentage of the project. That's that that number right. is specific to the extent that they're probably doing like an eight million dollar project. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I don't. know. It seems like the aquarium gets money every other budget cycle. It costs forty seven dollars for me to get into the aquarium. 
800,000, this seems, uh, I don't know who this favor went to, but seems a little ridiculous. Well, the sad thing is, the sad thing is that Dominic Lariki is no longer elected um, because he's working for Tyler Harper over in the Department of Agriculture. But, you know, down in Coffee County, which is like five hours from Atlanta, he was always the one to carry all of these special bills for the aquarium. So, um, you know, I'm sure that they were sad they had to find a new rep closer to the city and the district. Whatever. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that the aquarium's that is that big of a draw. I think it I is mean, for out of towners, but I don't think people from the area are like like. Are people are schools still going? Do schools still take field trips to the aquarium? I know my wife's uh, class hasn't gone to the aquarium, but I, I agree. I think it's more for out of towners coming into Atlanta, and they hit the uh, college football Hall of Fame. They hit the aquarium. And see an event downtown. So I I do think it's more for out-of-towners. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nobody's coming to Atlanta for the aquarium, but I guess when you're here, you go and drop 50 bucks. Plus, I'm sure $8 for a Coke. Yeah, maybe if we'd have passed a casino bill and had a casino in Atlanta, we would have uh, driven more people into town to get to the aquarium. So that could have been a beneficiary. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because everyone who's here to gamble is going to go. It's going to get to the aquarium. <laughs> yeah. No, no. There, there's a there's a ballroom behind the uh, uh, behind one of the tanks, and I I, I went to a economic l- lunch there, and it's the backup to the Beluga tank. You go ahead and turn that into the casino. So it's just like the MGM Grand had the tigers behind behind the glass. You able to to sit and sit and watch whales while uh while the state slowly takes your paycheck. That's funny. All right, a new sales tax on digital goods passed 162 to 10. I guess people just don't sign pledges or or make promises not to vote for new taxes anymore. Um, and HB 170 seems to be like the holy curse of tax bills because that was a transportation tax several years ago. Like I, that number, whenever I see it, I'm like, oh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be red. Um but this is just digital goods. Like if you if you buy something from me on the internet and I provide it to you like in a PDF file or a video file, I have to charge, I have to click sales tax and remit that to the state. And, you know, I'm all for sales tax as an equitable form of taxation, but not under the current plan when you're literally taxing everything, every product. I pay tax on the computer. I send it to you on the internet that I send it over on all the products I use to buy it or to make the the digital good and then like if I send if I make a, an audio book or a, a PDF book that you can print and download I've got to assess tax on that's ridiculous well that's going to go to all those all those news stories that we send to each other that are behind a paywall mm-hmm. that's what they're after yeah I'm not sure how they're effective after that, that will be I have no idea how effective is government ever and Jessica, have we covered all the ways that you can uh, trade online now? I mean, is everything taxed at this point? Because I know a few years ago we we taxed more digital sales yeah. on our sales from Amazon. I and mean, we so Georgia legislature covered it all now. I think so because I'm pretty sure that last year they went after like Instacart and DoorDash and all of that because on some you know they slipped through during the pandemic and that was horrifying to not collect that tax revenue um uh, so I, th- I think we've i think we've hit all of the <laughs> covered all the bases the, the only thing that we i still don't think we tax is like itunes like an app download or um you know i don't um like a song download stick, and stick this one in your pipe Digital digital services is going to cover OnlyFans. Well, yeah, it's true. You're going to have to pay sales tax on the picture of the ass you just got. Unless she mails it to you. <laughs> Unless she mails it to you, yes. Take, take a Polaroid, stick it in a, in a plain brown envelope, and send it to me. So you can pay for tax <laughs> or you can pay for postage. Take your pick. Yeah, so... <laughs> It is. It is. Uh, it is a time of year for taxes, and you got to figure all those, 
OnlyFans quote unquote models now gonna have to pay income tax on their all their feet pictures. Yeah. It's 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 like that. It's any any sort of economic freedom, and and uh, uh, they look at it and go, "Oh hell no." All right, duty free planning period for teachers. I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, me either. Look, my wife's in a great school system. Yeah, she teaches down in Pike County. They have planning. This is sort of like the recess bill a few years ago. We, we, I, I think we get torn between local control again and what local school systems should be able to do and then the state telling local school systems what they have to do. This seems, this seems a little bit of a, a heavy-handed state policy. So, Yeah, they want to make sure that if teachers who spend more than 50% of the regular school day teaching, they have to have a duty-free planning period. Unless there's like an emergency or some sort of safety concern or what would have you. Um, well, when I read the I'm, name of this, I thought I thought they were talking about tax free because <laughs> I thought that too. I thought it was more like about the tax free holiday, like they're required to have you know go buy their their accessories ahead of the school year at tax free rate. Which would honestly, of how terrible that would be, that would still be better than this. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt. So we have a raise the wage, a raise the age act. Oh, Mandy Ballinger. She's usually not too good with the ideas, but this one wasn't terrible. Um, Because we talk all the time about when you're an adult, right? Like we've got some things for 18, some things for 21, some things you can. And so this was about when you can be charged as an adult um, and when you're charged as a juvenile. And it's specifically with regard to, I mean, there are certain crimes that are always going to be for 17 year olds. In a, they'll be in a superior court as an adult, like murder, certain armed robberies, things like that. But that's a different code section. This one, um, she wanted to make it so that you can't charge a 17-year-old as an adult for certain misdemeanors and certain felony offenses if it's their first time. If they do it again, then, of course, all bets are off. You can't charge them as a juvenile anymore. But there were 22 no votes. I don't know. Ken, would you have voted for this? I'd have voted no, and I also saw that the no votes came from more of the conservative block of representatives. So Wait, was, so you would you would have voted against this? Yeah, I probably would have voted against this. Just looking at, I haven't read it in detail, but looking, I was looking online to see who voted no, and it was it was the uh, common people that vote against, or the typical people that would vote against it. Uh, it's like uh, Emory Donahue, Fleming voted against it, Matthew Gamble, Joseph Gullett. Okay, hold on. Fleming is not a conservative. No, but yeah, he's he's the lawyer in the group. But you had Charlie Spur, Joseph Gullett. I just can't. I just Trey I Kelly can't. voted no on it. This well, is interesting. That does an interesting group of no votes. Not that that tells you anything. No, I mean the fact that Trey Kelly and Barry Fleming are thrown in there for me is like means it might have been good. Um, it might have been a good bill. But I just I like we we treat seventeen year olds differently across everything. You can you can drop out of school at sixteen, you can emancipate at sixteen, but you can be charged as an adult for some things at seventeen. Some misdemeanors we put them in the Department of Juvenile Justice for some things. Sometimes they go to superior. Like it doesn't make sense. And I don't think children are looking at the law saying, "Well, can I commit this crime for the next six months and then have to face real consequences?" I don't think that. It's just we have not applied the law equally across things well, like we I, and i hate to i hate to put a put a uh, a criminal record on a kid who gets in a fist fight well we do you know yeah, i know we do and i i i there are several states with to address that specifically it's called mutual combat if if you if you both if you're both agreeing and squaring off it's not a crime so, I mean, obviously, if you pull a weapon or, you know, you curb somebody or you continue to beat them when they're down or something like that. But there's a the, the several states have laws of mutual combat where if two if two old boys square off, I mean, that's on them. As it should be. I mean, if they decide to fight, that's a lot different than someone getting jumped in. You know. I can't say I've never cleaned anybody's clock. Uh, but. 
moving along, as we, as, uh, uh, we have uh, Prosecuting Attorney's Oversight Commission. We talked about that. It barely passed 9875. Uh, this is Gullet's bill. Just got uh, too political. Like they've made it. It's it's not Gullet, but just the conversation about it has become too partisan. Like it's they, they're making about Fannie Willis. It's not about her at all. No, it's about Dick Donovan and and making sure we have a mechanism next time we have somebody like Dick Donovan in office that we can remove them that doesn't include convening a special session to do to do an impeachment. Yeah, because because you can't up until until Donovan was actually charged, we couldn't remove him. He was a constitutionally elected officer. Yeah, you could you can't you can't just do a, a recall on him. Uh, the governor can't rem- remove him until he's charged, and the the only thing legislature can do is is uh, impeach him, which you either have the forty days of session, or you have to pull, which will never happen. They'll never give up that much time of of grandstanding in order to uh, and do a, do an impeachment. Terrible. All right, so the not not passes. The House did uh, didn't move on a sports betting bill, uh, which made Chris Clark from the Georgia Chamber sad. Because all yeah, the he money in, uh, he would lose for it would lose for education. Yeah, he's in this article from the Associated Press, like whining about how sad it is that this didn't happen because the children, of course, like I would bring all this money for education. Well, I mean, I thought the chamber was for business, like stay in your lane, buddy. We don't need you advocating for education. the The chamber out here started uh, wanting to advocate for. Uh, against a, a, a pro-gun bill or something like that. And I, and I lost my ever-loving mind with them. Because one, that's not, that's not the chamber sector of fire. You know, get back in your box. Bring business. Don't worry about everything else. That, that, that's the only reason the Chamber of Commerce exists is to benefit the business owners who are members of that, of, of that chamber. Especially at the local level. I mean, the state chamber lost their way a long time ago, but particularly at the local level, like your job is to support local businesses. Yeah. And I think the local, uh, you know, some good people in the local chambers. Uh, I agree with you, Jessica, the state chamber really lost its way a few years ago, but uh, yeah, we have, but Dave, hundred percent, right. Local chambers. It's about bringing new business into that community. Uh, another disappointment uh, for Chris Clark was seatbelt legislation that would allow the failure to wear a seatbelt or safety restraints for children as admissible evidence in a civil action. Yeah, so right now if you sue, you can't talk about the fact that a kid wasn't wearing a seatbelt, which is an interesting thing. But, like, again, what's with the chamber? <laughs> like, what? I mean, it just... Well, the last part of it, the uh, as a basis for insurance coverage for canceling insurance coverage, that is the Georgia Chamber. That's the insurance carriers going going to the chamber saying, "Hey, listen, uh, we want to use this as an excuse to, to not pay." Look, it is it is interesting to say it's not admissible if 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 I get in an accident and I hurt somebody and they're ejected from the car and all that stuff, and it was I, I was cross I, I ran a red light, whatever the situation. Uh, it cannot be brought up in court that the majority of the injuries could have been avoided by wearing a safety belt. Yeah. Uh, interesting what, what's not admissible in court. All right, Jessica, the last story is on you. It's not on me. <laughs> <laughs> it's about you. You are taking a step back from the show for a little while. I am. I just... Um have a lot going on with the Georgia Virtue and it's at a crossroads of growth and, and things like that where I just really need to focus on court things and um, the Department of Corrections is something that I'm really honing in on. And so obviously I very much support the show and will be listening and um, rooting for Ken and Dave to bring all the best commentary and tell everyone why they're wrong every week. But I will be a little bit less frequent of a voice. So, Yeah, and look, this is still your show. I mean, it's... No, it's not. Uh, it's always been a group effort, no matter who is involved. <laughs> well, and you were, you were the last of the original three, the, the, holy, the unholy triumvirate. 259 59 or 69? Now. Yeah. Yeah. 
a lot of episodes, a lot of topics, and a lot of smack talking. <laughs> yeah, a lot of inappropriate humor on, on, on my part. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that over the years of listening to the podcast, Dave. And I met, you know, Jessica, we met back in 2019, I guess. I, yep. I was elected in 19. Went to the Capitol and for a brief two to three week period, sort of lost my way thinking uh, I need to be one of the good old boys up there and quickly called Jessica, I think about three (laughs) weeks into my term and said, I need your help. Jessica was a, she helped us with legislation. So helping read legislation and giving her view on what was good and bad about the legislation. So I very much appreciate you doing that for me for a couple of years. It was an invaluable service. Uh, like anything, we didn't always agree, but I probably agreed with you about 98% of the time. And when I didn't, I heard from Jessica. So if I ever made a bad vote in the house, (laughs) I would always get a text message uh, saying like, what were you thinking voting for that? So I was about to say, no, don't be stupid. (laughs) So Jessica helped out quite a few of the legislators up there during that period of time. We had a good solid group of, of people that Jessica helped and we would always get around and talk about the, the write-up she did for us to just help us out is people don't realize, you know, when you've got on crossover day and you've got a hundred bills to vote on, there's changes being made all day long. Jessica would be sitting there watching rules committees, watching the changes to the bills and, and letting us know what was going on. So it was an invaluable service. We became friends during that period of time. And I've listened to the podcast ever since. And I don't know how you do everything you do, honestly. <laughs> I, when I watch you on Facebook, you're from this county to this county. The Department of Correction work is amazing. There needs Thank to you. be a big light, you know, shined on the Department of Corrections. And and that's an amazing work that you're doing there. So appreciate everything you do. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. And, 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 and look, even, even most, of, most of this show is... Yeah, you you get done at two o'clock in the morning doing Georgia Virtue stuff, and then sit down and and put stories into outlines and and summaries and all that stuff for for this show, uh, which Ken, I'm going to expect you to do now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's uh, even when I, when I when I was listening, I, I was I was actually uh, I was riding the in in the truck with Matt Lowe. He and I were working on a campaign together. When uh, you guys were kind of coming coming up with the with the with the concept of the show, uh, and that's when I, when I when I really started started listening to it was the the three the three of you Jonathan Giles Matt Lowe and and obviously you Jessica uh, was was lis- listening to that and and the and and the advantage that that you and I had when we first started doing it was. Uh, I stepped in for Jonathan, and uh, we had kind of Matt as a buffer who know, knew both both of us really well. Yeah, for sure. So, so Matt was Matt was able to, to kind of to kind of buffer the, the, that stuff. Even to, to one point, I was I was sitting in, uh, in a in a friend's office, with Matt, and we're having a glass of bourbon. I said, "Would you?" Because you were getting getting onto me for mispronouncing your last name. I said, "Would you spell her name phonetically for me?" So, so I can read it. Well, I think it was just two episodes in before you told me it wasn't pronounced Sizlaji. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. But you know what the best part about all of this is that I don't know exactly what number show that Dave joined it on, but Dave and I still have never met in person. So that's what makes like this entire thing hilarious because, I mean, it's like at least four years. Yeah. Oh yeah, we, we've done. I think we've done two hundred together at least. But it was the show hadn't been on that long before before I came in. Yeah, and, and what's funny is, you know, four years ago it was a conversation between the three of us um, whether or not to kill the show. Mm-hmm. You know, Jonathan was going away, and Jonathan was doing the editing at the time. Um, and honestly, it the the early days of the show were 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 a lot of stumbling with getting it dropped on the right day and, and things like that. Not that mistakes never happen since then, but, but uh, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's gotten a lot more professional in the way we do it. Sure. Not my humor, mind you, my humor is still, still very sophomoric. We can't <laughs> fix everything. <laughs> no, believe me. Connie's had 20 years to try to fix it and it hasn't worked. 
<laughs> yeah, our wives cannot change us, Dave. Don't don't try. <laughs> no, I, 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 I've, I've, I've backed off the F-bomb. That's about, that's about it. For the Eric's subject matter sake. hasn't changed. For Eric's sake, yes. I think the last time I actually wore out his, his bleep button was talking about Peachtree City. But, you know, I, I'm going to miss talking to you every week. And, of course, you know, we, we, chat, we chat online. Uh, that sounds bad. But we chat online with stories going back and forth during the week anyway. And I don't expect that, that to stop. And, of course, I'm still going to use the Georgia Virtue as, as a source for, for a lot of the stories because, because you've covered Georgia so well. Thank you. There's just no, there's, there's, one, there's nobody else doing it well. Uh, you'll see a blurb. If something gets bad enough, you'll see a blurb. But this stuff with the Georgia Department of Corrections, you're on, you're on the tip of the spear on this thing. Yeah, I'm giving them a, a run for their conscience, I guess. Not their money, but. Well, their money's our money anyway, so. Right. I just, I mean, it's one of those things where Facebook must listen to us because after we got done doing one of the shows talking about the uh, Department of Corruption, uh, immediately I started getting ads on Facebook for join the GDC today. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah, I'm going to pass. Yeah. But as we're winding down, as, as I'm looking at the clock, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to miss you. I, I know Ken's going to miss listening to you because now he's got to listen to himself. <laughs> it's not <laughs> as fun. I'll tell you that much. It is fun to listen to other people. But I mean, I will come back and visit and, and all of that, too. And obviously, you can still find the show. If you don't have a podcast app, you can still find it on the Georgia Virtue because, like I said, I support it wholeheartedly. So, Yeah, and, and, and to celebrate... Uh, uh, Women's History Month and Ugh. last week's International Women's Day, we're replacing you with a man. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you guys are like Joe Biden. Yeah, I mean, we just got to get Ken to wear a dress. <laughs> that will not happen. <laughs> you already wore nat- matching t-shirts to Disney or something. Yeah, I think I did that. And that'll never happen again either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that was, that's only a half step above wearing a skirt. <laughs> I know, that's a total oh mistake. Oh my gosh. I mean, he just... I mean, I understand you've been married 20 years, but you just went ahead and took, took your boys, cut them off to here. I don't just have these. <laughs> Dave, you got to be nicer. I'm not using them. Do what? I'm the nicest. You to the new guy. <laughs> he wouldn't respect me if I were. <laughs> well, Ken, as we're closing out, do you have any closing thoughts? No, I mean, look, just thank you, Jessica, for all you've done. I will continue reading the Georgia Virtue. And then as the... Uh, the Senate and House wrap down this year. I'm very interested to see how the school choice bill goes that Greg Delzal, Senator Delzal, passed out of the Senate. So big proponent of school choice and hoping I can get across the finish line in the state and get signed by Governor Kemp. Yeah, that'll be well, I'm just going to say happy Patrick's Day, St. Patrick's Day, and beware of the Ides of March. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica, your final thought for a little while? Um. I don't really like being the final thought, but um, thank you for listening and make sure you keep listening and keep reading. And um, yeah, that's it. That's I've, I've, I've loved every week, even when I'm tired and even when the show topics are not our favorite or they're infuriating. Um, I've loved it. It's been super fun. So, Or after two hours with me, you just go lay down on the floor with the dogs. Like I just can't, I, I just can't anymore. <laughs> you need a nap. Yeah. <laughs> Well, big thanks to Eric Cumbie, our editor, who's going to take this audio and hopefully make it into something that you can listen to. Uh, our new cast member, Ken Pollan. And of course, as always, big thanks to Jessica Salaji, who really uh, ma- made the show possible with, with, her, with her content and uh, commentary. I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week. Catch me howling at the moon